All right, Ulysses, it's a Wednesday, which means it's a, another mailbag episode and more, some other things that we have to discuss as well. Yeah, there's some pretty exciting news about a certain right-hander who's going to be making his comeback on today's game. That should be pretty exciting. And then we got some mailbag, so let's get started. You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sombrano. And we're the host of the Locked On Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked On Rays your very first listen every day. And remember, Locked on Rays is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked on Rays. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked on Rays as well. So we have a couple great mailbag questions, which we'll get to. But first, we have to uh, broach the subject of the Rays last night, topping the Guardians by a score of six to five in 11 innings, moving up in the AL Wild card race uh quite a game it, it really was and you know you talk about wild card that was a wild game that was a wild game and you can see why the, the the cleveland guardians have been so successful and it's because they kind of have the same dna as the race you know uh they hustle man that's i mean it's so apparent when you when you've seen 150 odd games I think no matter what you want to say about the flaws, about any race player, you can say all the flaws they have. But that one thing that all of them have together as a commonality, they all hustle. You cannot tell me, even if you're a race fan and you're frustrated about uh, Francisco Mejia, oh my gosh, I'm so frustrated. He runs. You cannot tell me that he doesn't hustle. Harold Ramirez, same thing. David Peralta, same thing. Brendan Lau, same thing. G-Man Choi, he hustles. He breaks double plays. Randy Rosarena, are you kidding me? Wander Franco, are you serious? Every single one of those guys hustle. That, that is important. I know I might sound like an old man, and if you're not looking at spreadsheets about exit velos, then you're, you're not, you, you don't know baseball. Hustle. That makes a really good team. Taylor Walls is eating dirt every time he's sliding the home plate, for God's sakes. You yeah. saw the same thing with this Guardians team. So they're a very intriguing team. And I know, uh, you know, we've said do not play with the sixth wild card. Just get home field advantage. We've said this on the podcast many times. We've entertained the idea. But ultimately, it's better to have home field advantage. After playing the Cleveland Guardians I don't think they are a walk in the park, just like everybody else is, is, is saying. They're a really, really tough team, and it was an exciting ball game. I, I got to tell you, you know, you, you, you get down 1-0, then you have a beautiful inning scoring four runs uh, with, the, with the mix of small ball and the long ball. It was, it was just a great, it was a great inning, and then they come back right back, 4-3, then 4-4. It, the whole bullpen, I mean, Pete Fairbanks was terrific, uh, but I got to tell you, I, I did get a little bit scared when you're, you're, when you're throwing out Fauché out there, but he, he did a good job yeah. and Javi Guerra as well. Javi Guerra has been impressive in September. Look at his numbers, people. Don't, don't think Javi Guerra is the same one from April and May. That, that fastball plays, and he might be one of those uh, surprises that makes the, the postseason roster. And uh, on top of that game, some more good news for the Rays as uh, somebody named Tyler Glass now expected to make 
his return tonight. Uh, what are your expectations for this game? I my, for him <laughs> in this game? My expectations is that he gives two innings, possibly three, um, okay. and, and is just healthy afterwards, that he feels great. That's all I want for Tyler Glass now and for race fandom is for, for Tyler Glass now to get off that mound and say, hmm, that felt good. My arm feels good. I can do this again because let's remember who Tyler Glass now is because from 2019 to 2021, he is in the top three in, in ERA. I mean, right behind Jacob DeGrom at 208, right behind Justin Verlander at 259. It's Tyler Glass now with a 280 ERA. And he's also has a 287 FIP. And he also has a six war in three seasons. And he also has a 12.79. And he also has a 2.75 walks per nine. This guy is incredible. This guy, and, he, and, and the fact of the matter is, when you put this September edition into a race pitching staff that has done very well, now you're really, now you're really becoming a, a, a tough team to match up in, in a short series, in a three-game series, in a five-game series. I mean, yeah. the possibilities are endless. If Tyler Glasnow's max is three innings, Kevin, uh, could you not say Shane McClanahan game one, Drew Rasmussen game two, and then Tyler Glasnow slash Jeffrey Springs game three? I mean, that's, that's a pretty yeah. good – or, you know, switch game two and three if you want. But – it's the, the possibilities are endless. And by the way, you have Klubot, okay, who can give you a quality start maybe to start the ALDS in game one and give the other guys some rest from the wild card series. I mean, it's it's going to be really interesting. I just want him to be healthy, though. Get I don't I don't want him to get shellacked either. But the most important thing is that when he gets off the mound, he is healthy. Do you think he'll be on a pitch limit or it's just the directive is get through two innings? I think the directive is both. I think it's whichever one comes first. If, if it's either two innings or 45, 50 pitches. I don't think, I don't think he's going to cross 50 pitches, to be quite, quite frank. So he could go three yeah, innings, no, though. I think- so he, that's what I'm saying. Like He could go three innings, but I think the pitch count is more important to them. Right. Because um, if he's cruising, like if he pitches eight innings, eight, eight pitches the, the first inning, then 12, 20 for two. You yeah. could cut him off, but you could also throw a third one. You know, I think that's okay. Yeah, it's it's interesting with Glass now because um, his stuff is so electric that he's more striking out guys than, all right, first pitch, you're going to make contact with it. It's going to be weak contact. And, man, look at my pitch count. Whereas <laughs> – Glass now he's he's striking guys out. Guys aren't making contact, and you know guys get three strikes. And um, so I, I imagine if obviously if he's able to keep the ball in the zone, that would help lower his pitch count. But it's not like hey, I'm just a pitch to contact guy, so I can you know get through uh, three innings and 25 pitches or something. We'll see. Very exciting moment, of course, for uh, him. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays and the fan base as well, and he could very well be uh, the Rays X factor down the stretch and in the playoffs too. All right. Uh, we'll the last time, the last time he pitched in minor leagues, he pitched two and two thirds. So he's done the up and down three times. Yeah. So he could go for the three innings. He very well could. Um, all right. We got some mailbag questions that we have to dive into. Uh, but Ulysses, we have a very important message for our listeners out there first. Well, guys, if you don't want to strike out in a very intimate moment in the bedroom 
All you got to do is try Blue Chew. And Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime. It's a day game, a night game. It doesn't matter. You can plan ahead and be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple, okay? You sign up at bluechew.com. You consult with one of their licensed medical providers. And once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And the best thing about Blue Chew is that there are no awkward visits to the doctor's office, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. You skip all of that. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the U.S. and prepared and shipped directly to your door in a discreet package. It's fantastic. So if you could benefit from a little bit of extra confidence when it's time to perform at the plate, chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our least, uh, listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use promo code Locked On at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code Locked On to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. All right, uh, let's get into these mailback questions here. Uh, this first one from Charles McGregor. Uh, I think it's the first time that he's reached out to us, which is great. Uh, Mm -hmm. He says, hey, all, I was wondering what you all thought of the timing of the KK tribute during the penultimate home game of the season. The radio broadcasters thought the timing was odd as it makes it seem like a decision has already been made. Do you think the tribute gives some insight into the unlikeliness of KK's return I've seen tributes like that before, but it usually is when players return after they join opposing teams and come to play as visitors. What do you think? I think he deserved for the team to... I think he deserved race fandom to give him a a standing out like they did whilst wearing race gear on. I think that's something that maybe was missed with Evan Longoria. Uh, you, you want to, you want to say thank you as a fan base to somebody who put the Rays franchise name in, in places where it had not been before. Uh, I mean, platinum glove, there's only one guy who's done that. Kevin Kiermaier, multiple time gold glove award winner. Yeah. I know the fan base is always going to be hankering about, you know, the, Oh, well he, he bad. He didn't bad that well. Like again, he was just slightly below average i think i think we've talked about this endless of times i think i think i even have the number memorized again i think it was like 95 97 wrc plus in his career with the Rays. so that's like five points below average but again it's overall value people so when you add the defensive side of things then he is an above average player so no i think it was great i think the, the the video uh, was something that you needed to do. And, and I'm really happy that they did that. Now, he's saying, does that give any insight? Yeah, it gives some insight that they're not picking up the option. Like that's right. Like that's what that says. We're not picking that's up been that decided option for, for months, though. I mean, they basically said, I mean, that's been a report that's out there and basically right. confirmed for months. So, like, so. This, so, so that's something that we know. Like, that's, you want to see something inside? That's not happening. They're not picking mm-hmm. up that option. But I don't necessarily think that it's a forgo, oh, it's goodbye, or you shouldn't have done that. Like, I mean, he could come back. Yeah. I wouldn't put a lot of money in it, uh, but he could. He could. Yeah. 
I would say it's more likely that he doesn't return next year than does return. And here's the thing. Correct. Yeah, with Evan Longoria, I think the Rays probably missed an opportunity to do the the send-off in the Rays uniform. Uh, sort of like, again, he's a different case than, say, a Diego Castillo where, okay, you trade him, uh, and then by happenstance, he's in a Seattle Mariners uniform, so we can do a nice little send-off. That, that works out perfectly. But you don't know next year where Kevin Kiermeyer is going to wind up. You may not have an opportunity to do the, the send-off uh, in the tribute at home because it's not like the Rays are playing every team home and away. I would have to look at their schedule, but he could – any one of the other 29 teams, uh, there's a, a chance and a possibility that uh, he – you'd what, have to wait till 2024 to do the tribute? So you Kevin. may have lost your opportunity. If not doing I, it at this point. Again, with Longoria, it's been five seasons. It's been five seasons, and he hasn't touched the trop. And even next year, we've talked about this, the, 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 the balanced schedule. You're, every team is playing every other team for the first mm-hmm. time ever in MLB, which is going to be very exciting. The Giants don't even come to the trop. So that opportunity – So it might never, and, and, and Longo has said something like, I don't know if I'm going to be playing next year. So yeah. – you might have just completely missed that opportunity to say thank you to the best player that's ever put on a, a raised uniform in Evan Longoria. So, no, I think it's completely okay. I think it's fantastic that um, that they did the thank you um, video, and I think there should be more of that, yeah. honestly, because, like you said, the option, we the, it's been – not even hinted at it's probably like being told that it's not happening yeah but you have to take those chances to say thank you and i I think that the race you know office and marketing people whoever is in charge of those videos good job did did the rays do a tribute video for carl crawford and or ben zobrist do you recall i believe no but i think carl crawford going to the red sox that also yeah. doesn't help. And that's, the also, that's the other issue that maybe he winds up with the Yankees. Do you want to do a tribute video for him in that case? Exactly. No, good good point. So I don't think they did one for either Carl or Ben, but I do think just like with everything lately, um, the exponential changes that we see are just so, so quick and so many. I don't yeah. think the thank you video is – was as prevalent as it is today. Yeah. Even if it's like five years ago or exactly the social media aspect of like, you know, getting the clicks, getting the likes, getting the retweets. Like I think that has evolved very quickly. And even we can talk about 20, when was Ben Zobrist uh, traded 2014, 24 after after the 2014 season. So it's, it's eight years ago. Uh, Technology has moved a lot in eight years. No. And again, I mean, the, the role should be, <laughs> if you put together a, uh, a war with a team of 25 or greater, Kevin Kiermaier, 31.8, maybe you do deserve a tribute video. I mean, you look at the position player list of war for the Rays, it's Longo, Crawford, Zobrist, and Kiermaier, then it's a big drop-off after that. You know, we can talk yeah. about Carlos Pena, BJ Upton all we want, but it, Kiermaier is right up there as one of the greats. I mean, it's, and it's, you, he's, He's navigated multiple eras of the race since he made his debut. So the, the, uh, 
he's he's the link he's the link from yeah. the madden days uh, uh, of of that 08 to 13 window he's that window between madden's last season and kevin cash being an average team you know from mm-hmm. 2015 to 2017 and then the new uh renaissance for the race so he's that link i will post you a question do you think that his number should be retired by the race uh have the Rays retired a number as of yet? Outside the Rays have retired Robinson. the Rays have retired three numbers, Jackie Robinson, okay. Don Zimmers, and Wade Boggs. I mean, wouldn't Longo be before Kevin Kiermeyer? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. The, the, the Longo thing is gonna happen. I, and, and actually nobody has ever touched number three since Longo departed. Nobody. Mm, yeah, I don't th- I don't think Kevin Kiermeyer gets his number retired. I mean really? this is ifs and buts i think if he was able to stay healthy more often then yes but i don't think he gets his number retired hmm, i could interesting. be wrong you think it will i think the rays don't have that many great players to retire numbers and i think that's a nice little thing to have as your franchise to to calf tradition to have guys that you know right. the lore of the past and Kevin Kiermaier, what he done, what he did defensively is is lore. It's it's unreal. Uh, it's I mean it, the plays that you have seen him do in the past. I'm, I would I would I would think it's okay for for Ray's you know the Ray's franchise to to retire his number one day, someday, maybe like in 10, 15, 20 years. I think that would be a really cool thing because he does mean a lot for for Ray's fandom. Would they retire Carl Crawford's number? Unfortunately, I think Carl is in that space where I, he left for free agency towards the rival. I think that that I think that matters. I think that matters. I, I don't think John did, did Johnny Damon get his n- number retired by the Red Sox. Uh, after he went to the Yankees, like mm, I don't think yeah. so. Like I but, think I mean, the, the Red Sox have more pressing matters than to retire Johnny Damon's number. Sure, very, mind. very good point. Very good point. But but that's the thing. Do the Rays have enough players that they can just retire numbers? I mean, we can't seriously just have Jackie Robinson, Don Zimmer, and 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 Wade Box. Wade Box played for two seasons, and Don Zimmer, I I, I love the guy, but he's even more well known to be a, a Yankees coach than a, than a, than a Rays coach. So yeah. you have no actual players. Longo's going to be there. He should be the first one to be retired, and I think that's maybe what is going to happen. But I think KK should be in the conversation of should we retire his number or not. But again, this is 10, 15 years in the future. It's not a problem right. for now. Who, whose number would you retire first? Kiermeyer's or would you, okay, would you retire David Price's number? Hmm. You know, that's a funny one because, okay, uh, because I'll answer this with another question. Is David Price a Hall of Fame pitcher? Uh, no. Okay. Is he close? Is he Hall of Very Good? I would say he's he'd be closer than Kevin Kiermeyer. Okay, fair enough. So I don't think David Price would wear a raised hat in his plaque to... Cooperstown. Mm. So that I think matters. And 
I don't think you retire the the guy's number that way. I so I I would say no to David Price. I would say no. Who, who's Woody Ware? Because he made basically all his All Star appearances with the Rays, not the Red Sox or the Dodgers. Yeah, but I think he, I think the ring is is equivalent to multiple All Stars. Okay. Again, I, again, I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't say no to David Price being uh, his number being retired, but it's. I would yeah. put KK uh, KK's reti- retired number would would mean more than David Price. I think, in my opinion, I mean, we can put this would be a really good poll. Like, who would you rather have their number retired, yeah. David Price or Kevin Kiermaier by the Rays franchise? Boom! That's the next episode, baby. I would think that uh, yeah, you, you definitely want to put that number three up there, and you almost want to let that sit and simmer for a little bit. You yes. don't want to okay, we're going to retire Longo's number, and then all right, next year let's retire KK. Like I feel like you yeah. put Longo on a pedestal for about as long as you can, and go from there with that. Question we'll get to uh, from Xavier. He says, "What's your guys' thoughts on Kyle Manzardo?" Is he the Rays' first baseman of the future? Manzardo was just recently named Rays Minor League Player of the Year. When do you expect him to debut? Maybe September call-up next season or early 2024? Uh, thank you for writing to us, Xavier. Uh, come, Kyle, that's a name that, just like Curtis Mead last year when he started raking uh, the name yeah. Curtis Mead started to bounce around in even mainstream race fans that might not be particularly into prospects. Kyle Mazzardo is that guy as well. Uh, this, this season, I mean, the, the season he put up with, um, high a and, and double a was pretty impressive. Um, I read an article on, on fan graphs that said he actually tries to put down his, this is a little bit like technical, but he puts down his foot and he lets the, the, the the bat kind of flattened through the zone for a long time and that allows him to to have you know gap to gap power which is pretty which is pretty cool uh again he's a first baseman right. so you really have to bet on the bat to play uh 22 home runs i believe uh, this this year which is great but again those 22 home runs yeah. people those numbers will take a dent every time that you go up an echelon in minor leagues until you get to mlb I think that, um, yes, as a, and let's remember, he was a second round draft pick by the Rays out of Washington State University. And I believe he's Charleston altogether. He went from the complex league to Bowling Green and then to double uh, A. He was called up to double A in early August. So based on Xavier's timeline, uh, September call-up in 2023 or early 2024, I could see it considering he has the college experience and the numbers are stupid. They are eye-catching. It's not just the home runs. It's the batting average. It's the on-base percentage. It's the OPS. It's the WRC+. plus. It's the WOBA. It's the combination of discipline, lack of strikeouts, and walks. I think, and Kyle, he is really moving up the prospect list in the rankings. I mean, obviously being player of the year, but he's a guy that, yeah, we're starting to hear more about as of late because he is, um, I would not be surprised if we look back, and I mean, you could say this with really anybody, but, you know, 5, 10, 15 years from now, we look back at the prospect rankings and say, Kyle Manzardo was the the most productive or the most panned out guy out of all the others, the the Josh Lowe's and the Vidal Brujans. Because here's my thing. 
all there, there's so many other guys that have more athletic prowess and that have more toolsy abilities and eye-catching skill sets than Kyle Manzardo. But what does he do? He hits. He hits at every level and he does it consistently. And at some point, I don't care how many bags you can steal. I don't care how fast uh, you run from home to first. I don't. I, I don't care uh, how great your defensive ability is. At some point, you need some bats. Whether it's a guy who's relegated to first base or DH, and Manzardo is that guy. And I think there's a place for him, assuming he's able to continue the track that he's at. And um, I just looking at what I've read about him and heard about him. He might be the next near everyday first baseman for the race. When's the last time that that's happened? And with the the shift changes, the elimination of the shift, that should only help him going forward as he progresses through the minor leagues and maybe to the major leagues. So, I mean, if yeah. we're looking at player comps and, uh, you know, what could he be? No, I don't think he's going to be a, a, a 330 hitter at the major league level and hitting 25 to 30 home runs. But I see a guy that, I see a James Loney with a little more pop, which is real. That's a pro. That's a guy who played 11 years in the bigs and uh, that you need guys like that in your organization and on your 26 man roster. No, a hundred percent. And again, uh, I think you, you, you said it in a, in another way. He is a lefty. He, I, I like the James Loney comp. Uh, maybe, could it be a Kyle Tucker? That's the ceiling. That would be nice. My goodness. He's yeah, but a, he's he doesn't a have the superstar. He doesn't have the the speed or the uh, sure. No, no. The, the specifically talking specifically yeah. talking about how the power could potentially grow, not about the speed. I mean, Kyle Tucker is, is different yeah. with, with the wheels. Kyle Tucker's like no, a legit five tool player. He is. He is. Um, now, I I wouldn't be so so fast. I, I would I would act with this a, with a little bit more of a conservative glove because it was only 120 plate appearances in double a. So the 120 plate appearances go right. by real fast. And so I would not, I, 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 I would think that he still starts in double a next year. Um, then if he continues to mash, then you could see a mid season promotion to triple a in 2023. I yeah. don't see him with the race in 2023. I think he could potentially be a, Jon- a Jonathan Aranda like call up in 2024, maybe be April, May, somebody gets hurt, whatever. But I, I, I mean, I think 120 plate appearances in double a, that's not enough yeah. in at, at that level. So I would think that he needs to start in double a next year. And when was the last time that the race called up a guy from double a in the same year that actually hit not a pitcher that actually hit right. it doesn't happen so he's going to have to do durham in the same year uh, as as next year and there's no way you 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 would do that the race just don't do that so for him to be in a race uniform in 2023 i think a lot of bad things would have had to have happened a lot of halves there yeah the reason, and so again, I think the college experience matters. And say he starts in Double A, first two months he kills it, goes to Durham. Next couple months he kills it. Then September rolls around. You got the twenty-eight man roster. You don't give him a little bit of a taste in twenty twenty-three. And what's the first Josh- situation? Oh yeah, 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 that's true. But again, you you need you have a lot of bodies in front of him. Where's Grant Witherspoon? Where's Josh Lowe? Where's 
Vidal Bruhan. There's a lot of names before Kyle. And yes, I understand if Kyle is smashing, but you know what? Let's talk to a guy who has been mashing double A, triple A, everywhere he's been. Jonathan Aranda, how long did it take for Jonathan Aranda to actually get a call up and to actually have a quote unquote power mainstay, which is, you know, September basically for him. It takes a long time. I think even if you mash in double A, even if you mash a triple A, there's still a waiting a waiting line that he has yeah. to do. Not everybody can just skip right to, to the front like Wander Franco essentially did. Only Wander Franco can do that. Kyle yeah. won't do that. Uh, yeah, I, I almost throw everything out the window after Miles Mastroboni got the call up. I didn't think that would ever happen. But again, the, the numbers were him. eye-catching enough. Now, he did. I mean, he did play like six seasons in the minors, but... Let me just say this. Kyle Manzardo, whether he, he makes his debut with the Rays in late 2023 or 2024 sometime, or maybe even 2025, um, he is a, a fast riser on the prospect list um, within the organization and throughout baseball as well. So he he could really be – he might be that nice find from almost like an afterthought in the draft and in the, the system because – Four months ago, nobody was talking about Kyle Manzardo. Now everybody seemingly is. So, and at 22 years old, again, I, anything can happen. Anything can happen. Yeah. But I'm I'm really curious and uh, and excited to see the the prospect of of what he could do because, man, the, the Rays desperately need a bat like that if it can if it can uh, somewhat mirror what he's doing in the minors right now. In a mainstay first baseman, like yeah. that would just be nice. When's the last and time that happened for the Rays? James Loney. You said it, James Loney. It's been unreal. Yeah. And I think Jonathan Aranda wants to take care of that spot. I mean, you could do a little platoon action with Harold and, and, and Jonathan Aranda. You could do that. Uh, right. But, um, yeah, that would that would be just lovely to see. I, look, the platoons are great and all of that. But just like I would rather see a pitcher – throw seven innings than just see a bullpen game. Just the type of baseball that I like to watch. I like to watch a guy go seven innings, eight innings more than a a bunch of bullpen arms. I also enjoy guys that can put up 150 games without being platooned Mm -hmm. and, and being split up. Oh, you're really, you're only good against righties. You're only good against lefties. Like I, there, there's something to it. You have to be a really good player to do that. And that would be really nice for Kyle Mazzardo to be that type of player. And he's from Idaho. There aren't many big leaguers from Idaho. It's not like he's from Texas, California, Arizona, True. Florida, somewhere like that. So that's another feather in his cap of being – because that's another hurdle that you have to overcome. I mean, whether you're getting recruited out of high school or in college, it's, well, you, you didn't play anybody. You're, nobody comes out of Idaho and becomes a pro. Very very few players do. So that's, um, that's almost a demerit in a sense of – uh, can mm-hmm. he do it? And, and certainly he's been able to show that, which is really, really cool. Uh, all right. Thank you for the questions. Uh, email us anytime, lockedonraise at gmail.com, or you can send us messages on Twitter or Instagram as well. Thank you for making the Locked on Rays podcast your very first listen every day. Be sure to make your second listen, the Locked on MLB podcast. That is also free and available on all platforms. Hope you all have a wonderful uh, day. Please stay safe uh, during Hurricane Ian if you're in the uh, Tampa Bay, Florida area and throughout. And uh, we will talk to you on Friday.